everyone. Welcome to Draws in Spanish, a podcast that showcases the creative journey of notable Latinx visual artists and designers. I'm your host, Fabiola Lara. Today on Draws in Spanish, we have gay Chicanx collage artist and photographer Ruby Marquez, aka Brubes, on Instagram. Ruby, who is currently based in San Francisco, makes incredibly powerful and ornate collage portraits featuring queer and Latinx icons. You've probably seen their collage work travel around Instagram. They've made collages of everyone from Nina Simone and Lil Nas X to more politically driven portraits of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Most recently, they were in Old Navy's Project We Latinx Heritage Month campaign, where they made a collage design for a shirt that's now being sold online and in stores. They are truly a force to be reckoned with, and I'm so excited to be able to bring this conversation to you today. Ruby, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I've been watching your work ever since your artwork kind of flew into my feed when you were paying homage to Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. And then I noticed, you know, I went to your page to check out the rest of your work that you've been doing this for quite some time. And I noticed that you were Latinx. So that was really awesome to see. I kind of had you in the back of my mind ever since. And when I put this podcast together, I was like, oh, I have to reach out and see if I can get him on it. So thank you for your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk. <laughs> so to kick things off, can you give the listeners like a quick introduction to who you are and your work? My name is Ruby, but on Instagram, I go by Broobs. I make a lot of very politically direct art that usually gets shared a good amount. I'm an artist and I do what I can. So I know that you were born in Montebello, California, in LA, mm -hmm. and that you're currently in San Francisco. I can am. you tell me a little bit more about your childhood in LA and maybe what drew you to San Francisco? <laughs> so I grew up around mostly like other like Latinx people. It was basically like 75% Latinx people, 25% Armenians, really random, but technically I think still considered East LA. And that's kind of like where I grew up around, you know, my grandma had piñata shop. That was cool. She, she was the one that took care of me like after school. She really like <laughs> helped me grow as an artist. After high school, once I graduated from Montebello High School, I went to Rio Hondo Community College. And then my dad wanted me to become a fireman. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't really, I wasn't really that into it. Took a few <laughs> classes. It just wasn't for me. Yeah, what were those classes like? Like aggressively straight. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that seems like the vibe that it would be. Yeah, it was like very aggressively like macho man, and it's like that's not who I am as a person. <laughs> right, right. So it just it didn't vibe. And then the last like semester that I was there, I told myself like you should just try out like a photography class. You might like it. And so I did and I got into the art show that spring, which really motivated me to like look for schools that did photography. And then that summer I had somebody I was dating at the time visit. He was going to Berkeley and he convinced me to move to San Francisco. Well, that's nice though to move somewhere with someone, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 that story did not end well, but right. you know. But you're happy to be in San Francisco now? You haven't gone back to LA? I mean, I go back to like visit family and, mm -hmm. and mostly see like my niece. But Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But other than that, like, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine living there. It's too hot. 
<laughs> that's true. That's true. I want to ask you, what is your connection to your indigenous roots? Because I've seen you mention it on some Instagram posts, but if you could elaborate and kind of explain that relationship a little bit. I feel like that's always like a really tough question for me. Just identity in, in general uh, has always been kind of tough being knowing well that you're like a byproduct of, you know, colonization and still seeing your family like uphold these institutions that did this to us is it's a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. On a more bare bone level, like where does your indigenous connection come from? And well, that's something I think I'm still trying to figure out. Got it. Okay. Is my my own family has done like a really poor job of just keeping like records. Yeah. Uh, so like. I know to my grandma and that's about it. Right. Yeah. Connecting to like your indigenous past isn't necessarily about like tracing back your blood. Right. But just like accepting that it is what it is and Mm -hmm. doing what feels right and what feels comfortable. Would you ever consider, this is just random, would you ever consider doing one of those DNA or ancestry tests? Like how do you feel about that? I did one because my sister forced me. (laughs) Rough. Yeah, well, it's because, like, you know, you get both sides or whatever with, like... Mm-hmm. So she wanted to know the lineage, the, like, blood. I don't know. You know what I mean. <laughs> the DNA. The genetic trace, maybe, yeah. So we did it. Nothing super enlightening to you? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, yeah, my my dad is, like, the white one. <laughs> Got it. But he, he is from Mexico. Well, thank you for sharing. Anyway, I feel like there's probably a lot of people out there who feel similarly. So even though, you know, it's like stressful and overwhelming, I think it's comforting for people to know that other people out there kind of still struggle with that. I mean, yeah. I personally, like, I don't know much about my family in Chile. And so, you know, if, if someone asked me that question, I'd also be like, I don't know, I'm, my family's from Chile. <laughs> yeah general yeah um so i was just curious to get your take on it um yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely different for everybody and i think it's still something that i'm trying to not only understand but like unpack for myself Mm -hmm. because i was growing up i was pretty into like the church as a whole so i didn't question that okay so if you're not so in about your specific indigenous roots or lineage or what that means Mm -hmm. how do you connect just with your chicanx kind of heritage and culture i feel like my connection to my culture is through my family Mm -hmm. and it's whatever we do as long as we're together that's that's what it is i I think that's i think that's the strongest connection that you could have to to that part of your life or that part of who you are i was gonna say i know that that you were raised just from reading different interviews about you by your mom and your catholic grandma so can you tell me how maybe catholicism influences your work I mean, you could definitely see the imagery like in my work. I was never really good at paying attention in church, so I'd always stare at like the like stained windows and try to understand like what I was looking at. Because <laughs> some of it's like really wild. It's just like you know a woman floating on a cloud with like a serpent underneath her, and you're like, how you does that make it. sense? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you but you learn to accept it for what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. But it is this like really surrealist like imagery that you just learn to like be okay with and not question. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a lot of my work is kind of influenced by that because I, I use the same kind of structure so that people don't really question the validity of what they're seeing. You know, it's just they accept that like a lot of my work has been used 
mostly for like memorializing people. And so I think the first thing that media does as a whole is blame people Mm -hmm. for their deaths that did not need to happen. Right. I mean, I think just for any listeners, I think you're referring specifically to like your portraits or I'm not sure the right the collages for Uh Breonna Taylor and for George Floyd you feel is that that's what you're talking about in this instance right in this instance i am i don't really know what to call them either (laughs) so it's all good yeah but it kind of makes people just accept that life as a whole is just holy and we should be defending it and working to eradicate like the systems of oppression definitely i feel like your work really paints these people in like a positive light and that's always needed when there's like media coverage from quote Mm. both sides (laughs) that you don't you know you want to make sure you get the right image out there and I think your work kind of pushes that forward which is really enlightening and nice so going back to your family and stuff how does your family feel about your career as an artist and did you ever face any like skepticism or what does that look like since (laughs) I know a lot of like there's not that many Latinx people kind of quote making it in art i don't think they ever really understood what i was going for (laughs) i also feel that way and i think that gives me a sense of reassurance yeah i think it wasn't until like maybe this last year that my mom was like oh you're actually doing something for yourself was that because of the old navy campaign that you're in no it was the netflix Ah. (laughs) it was like this netflix thing i did for the show hentified and she was like oh that's something that i know right it gave her the context <laughs> she had like the context for it yeah and she was like and they want to work with you and i'm like yeah <laughs> and she was excited she, yeah she was excited then, and then she's been on board well then my sister showed her the, my instagram and she's like oh okay and ever since then she's been a little bit or a lot more accepting of what i'm doing <laughs> that's awesome i'm glad it shouldn't have to take that But I'm glad that those things have kind of maybe sped up the process. Yeah, I mean, you also have to look at it through like their lens where my mom came here when she was, I think, like nine or 10 or something like that. You know, and she all she wanted for me is to like do better than what she did for herself. And Unfortunately, we have a lot stacked against us in our generation. (laughs) So I'm I'm just trying to be happy. That's so important because I think sometimes with like Latin families, it's like maybe happiness isn't the priority because the priority for such a long time is like getting food on the table and just like Mm -hmm. basic essential needs that happiness kind of gets pushed back so it's really nice to hear that you're able to prioritize that when maybe culturally that's not generally what's going on yeah that that, that's a a great point to bring up is that like before we were just trying to survive and now we get to deal with all the, (laughs) the internalized like shit that we never dealt with yeah, and I think maybe... For generations. I think that's maybe why parents, uh, there's like a disconnect, right? Like doing art. <laughs> yeah. It can feel like disconnected. Are there any um, Latinx or Chicanx stereotypes that you're tired of? I want to make sure that like with every episode, we can kind of like educate just a tiny bit if there's mm-hmm. somebody who's unaware of something. I think we need to stop painting portraits of Selena. Ooh, yes, I agree. And it's not because I don't, love her because i do love her but that family yeah no i'm sorry yes like they're i feel like i'm not super caught up on selena's family but Mm -hmm. i feel like they're not 
upholding her legacy in like the best way. They're not upholding her legacy, especially when it comes to her fans. There's a lot of fans out there that love to paint her because she is beautiful. Let's let's not lie about that shit. But at the end of the day, like they're going to find you and they're going to sue you. And they've done that to many people that I've known. Oh my God. And it's like, I can't. One thing I do notice is like, when artists are trying to get like attention or like an easy sale, that's like the first thing they do. You know, they do that or the like concha or yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the concha or like, you know, like things, you know, like typically people will buy at like a art market mm-hmm. or something like that. But it's like, just be careful if you're going to like paint her. So specifically Selena. Specifically Selena. All right. So that's a word, a word of caution to fellow illustrators yes to to be aware that this could happen is there where did the nickname or username rubes come from i feel like i was looking around and i never saw like the origin story is there something Mm -hmm. there yeah ruby rubes i have a friend her name was greta Uh, i met her in art school like the first semester and she was from monterrey mexico and she just started calling me like Broobs and I, I kind of loved it. And then it kind of just stuck and everybody kind of called me that since then. Cute. I like it. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. Shifting back to your work. Yeah. Like you said, you went to community college to be a firefighter with the intent <laughs> to be a firefighter. And then it was too much, too straight. And so you moved to, you took a digital photography class. How did you go from photography to digital collage work? To me, it's like pretty much all in the same. When I was in school, I mean, the first like three years, I wasn't allowed to like use any Photoshop, but that has always been something that I really like to do. And then once I got the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do, these kinds of like portraits that I've been doing have always been kind of in my head. I just didn't know how to like get them out. And so slowly I kind of learned how to like speed up the process slow like learning learning how to how to how it all works and how to put it together just technically speaking yeah got it and you were able to bring your vision yeah awesome something that i didn't realize just looking at your instagram i didn't realize Mm -hmm. that the greenery and the foliage and the flowers that you use are from your own like collection that you take Mm -hmm. yourself so can you tell me how big this collection is now since you've created so many and like why you went this route as opposed to like stock images so i have about a thousand images that i own myself and the reason i did that was because when you get hired by a company they prefer like for collage artists they prefer if you own all the images yourself because it makes it easier for them and it makes it easier for everybody because then otherwise you would have to like credit everywhere you got the images from Got it. So it's more than just like licensing it. It's also a matter of credit. Well, yeah, it's both. Yeah. I was like, if I'm going to be trying to do this as a job, you know, might as well like make it easier (laughs) on myself. Well, easier, but also I don't see it as easier. I see it. I see it as harder, but you have kind of your own creative control over the images. I also have a library of copyright free material Mm -hmm. and that's like another like thousand nice yeah and so i like it depends on the project like uh, i'll use what i want how often are you adding to this is this like daily where you're just walking around and grabbing stuff or do you purposely kind of go out for these kind of capturing walks or something so like for flowers and like leaves and stuff like that it's like whenever i'm out and i see something i'll you know use my phone and then for like copyright free stuff i use free open source libraries Mm -hmm. 
I know the Met has like a really big one because I went through it. Nice. And so does the Art Institute of Chicago. They have a really big one as well. And if you just like Google like open source libraries, like there's a lot out there. So that's I, I do that like every six months just to like freshen up my eyes. Sometimes they add more stuff. And then I also kind of pay attention to like what's falling into public domain to see like what else I could steal. How do you keep track of that? Or are you just like randomly checking? There's a website that I use. I forget what it's called, though. You don't have to give us all your secrets. I was just curious. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't care. It's 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 public domain for a reason because everybody owns it. It's a very weird website. It's web.law.duke.edu. Ooh, academic. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and public domain day. And it breaks down like everything that's coming into the public domain year by year. That's so awesome. Not only just to like use in your own work, but also to kind of see the shifts happening. And then you can kind of identify. I just imagine like, oh, then the next couple years I see something at Target. I'm like, oh, it's because that fell into public domain. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that just like fell into public domain is the Great Gatsby. So in the next like few years, we're probably going to see like a lot of renditions of it. Whoa, that's crazy to think about yeah. commercial yeah. kind of vultures ready to hop on it. Yeah, I mean, go for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I'm talking more so like big brands, you know, but artists should have at it. And I think not enough people, I definitely feel like I don't keep track of this. I just kind of until someone puts it in my face. Um, So it's cool that you're kind of doing that research constantly. So your early work focuses more on like queer figures and history and then Mm -hmm. shifted to more like present day figures, especially in the wake of the 2020 police murders. Can you tell me about that shift and why it felt necessary to you? It's always been both, I feel Okay. In my, at least in my head, maybe not on like my feed, but I guess from my point of view, yeah. it seemed like more historic, and then it kind of moved to more present day. That's kind of like the shift that I noticed. Yeah, I mean, so I, when I like started being more active and more, yeah, I guess more active with like posting and shit, it was more like a personal project when I started. One of my first big projects was like this like mini pride series that I put together just because like queer history is something that's often very lost especially because you know we essentially lost like a whole generation of people like due to AIDS so I just kind of got tired of like seeing the whole rainbow capitalism love is love like bullshit and I was like all right let's go down to the nitty-gritty and and see like what this is actually about And that's kind of where it started. And I try to continue doing that every year. But during June of 2020, it just felt necessary to kind of, I mean, you you have to, you know. Yeah. Actually, at that point, it felt like a very pivotal moment that could change this nation. Right. Yeah. And it's a shame that we kind of, we're we're here now. It just, yeah, it continues. Well. I love those portraits and collages and I feel like a lot of other people did and I can see that you were just like naturally compelled to kind of speak up in a way with your portraits. Mm -hmm. Now that so many people have been introduced to you via your political collages, do you feel any pressure to keep incorporating those themes? No, because that's kind of like who I am as a person. I mean, there is pressure, but it's like, it's not because of that. It's more just like you know, in in my own head to say and do like the right shit. But 
I'm also a fucking human. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get shit wrong. When I started making art, I did it because I wanted to teach myself and to learn. And I feel like that's something that's been kind of lost in the movement is that like perfection and everything that you do and what you say and what you put out has to always be there. And people aren't allowed to learn from their mistakes. And I kind of want to keep that like space open because otherwise we're closing a lot of people off Mm -hmm. from joining the movement and it's going to like take everybody. And I don't necessarily believe that people can't learn to be better humans. I think as long as you have compassion and and empathy, like I think we're going to be fine. But I mean, lately I haven't really put anything out. One, because I have COVID. Two, I'm really tired. Right. That, I'm I guess really that when, when I asked that question, I meant like the pressure like to keep up, get a collage for every person that's either mm-hmm. going through something or the next big kind of political moment. If that feels like a pressure. It doesn't feel like a pressure Good. to me. I'm one person, mm-hmm. you know, in, in all of this. I could do what I can. The, what I make is like, it's beautiful art. But at the end of the day, like these things weigh on me as much as they weigh on everybody else and it's it's hard to like deal with your emotions and not know how to deal with those emotions and to then constantly be reminded about it because you posted a fucking art piece about right. it right that that to me yeah. just from this point of view i'm like that must be really hard you know to deal with like making art about the thing that you're also struggling with Mm -hmm. how do you balance that if anything or do you have any coping mechanisms for that or is making the art the coping mechanism yes and no (laughs) i want to say that it is like my coping mechanism but at the same time it's not honestly i don't know how to deal with my my emotions i mean yeah we all don't to an extent Yeah. (laughs) yeah well thank you for sharing that you kind of keep this i feel like from what you've been saying you're try to be gentle on yourself in terms of quote keeping up with kind of the news and keeping up with art making and yeah. i feel like you give yourself some grace i mean i've always been a very openly emotional person i've never really been afraid to like share how i'm feeling i used to really treat my instagram as like a diary really <laughs> Um, And I would just like put it all out there. And some of me like kind of misses that because like now that there's a lot of people like watching and and judging, I'm like afraid to like put stuff out there that I would normally want to put out. Mm -hmm. But it's also like I've just been dealing with a lot of like mental health stuff this last year. And so I just haven't really had the energy to do much in general in art yeah i mean it sounds like when you are working through a bunch of emotions like it seems like Mm -hmm. you are over the past year of course it's going to be hard to then like a share about it b share about it on instagram um when there's like you know you don't necessarily know who's watching or who's it's just a weird uh, a weird uh relationship so that that sounds understandable i think i once i found out that like my mom sees my stuff i was like oh no i can't really post what i want i can't share anymore <laughs> i can't post about it you gotta block your mom she well she, okay so my sister blocked me from her account oh. but she still sees all my stuff i think she made like another she account, made a burner like, account just to keep up with you that's yeah is that love which i get like <laughs> she's a little she's you know she wants to know, she wants to know about me yeah and so i i understand it but I think it's always, you know, you have to deal with your own stuff before you can like yeah. start putting it everywhere and start talking about it. So 
I've always been the opposite. I always like just put it out there to like. Yes, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do that too, but I think like when you're coping with maybe deeper topics, that's when it gets overwhelming. Yeah, and I think that's what like ultimately freaked my mom out. (laughs) Is there a specific thing she freaked out about? In like like January, February, twenty twenty, like I kind of had a little breakdown, um, and I posted about it on instagram so she got to see it all and she was really worried about me so my sister was like all right you can't follow them anymore (laughs) i guess now so now you feel like you're just gonna do it in private yeah but i also like there was something therapeutic about just like putting it out there yeah it's almost like grabbing all your feelings and like squishing them into a ball and then just like throwing them out into space right and like and you know that there's like your followers are gonna see it yeah, but then again, like, I don't know. Who are they? Yeah, like, it feels... Well, it's not that, like, not like, who are they, but, like, it just, it almost felt like you were just throwing it into a void. Yeah. You know, Which is and there was something... Yeah, it was therapeutic to just, like, grab it and just, like, Ugh! you know? Until your mom started. Until I, I found out my mom sees my stuff, and, uh, you know, I, I love her, but I also, like, curate a lot of, like, what she sees. Yeah. Because I don't need that much judgment. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do to like protect yourself. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a reason, like a big reason why I moved away from like my family. Like I do really love them and appreciate everything they've done for me. But like I had to grow into my own person. Yeah. And And it's hard to do that when you're so close. Yeah, exactly. And I had to essentially unlearn everything I learned as a child to become the person I wanted to be. And so sometimes there's a lot of disagreements with just how fucking queer I am Mm -hmm. or it varies. It ranges on like topics and stuff. Do you feel like your family disagrees with some of the artwork that you post or just the captions or unrelated to that unrelated to your instagram or your artwork uh unrelated to my art i've never really asked them what they've thought <laughs> to be honest uh, well we have I'm your not... mom on the line oh <laughs> uh, yeah kidding. right <laughs> oh that'd be crazy okay i've never asked my parents what they think of my art i just assume they like it too i'm just like i like it do you care no it's fine it's like irrelevant there you go as long as they're just like good job because my parents aren't gonna like outright say like what are you doing even if they're thinking it yeah no yeah i I feel that you know they're just gonna be i think i got past that point though where i'm like i am doing it for me yeah exactly (laughs) good so recently when you shared about the old navy campaign that you're in you stated in your instagram caption that being included in the effort made you quote have a sort of existential look at yourself your roots your identity Mm-hmm. Do you mind elaborating more on those feelings? I'm asking because I personally think that you're totally deserving of being a part of that campaign. So I was just kind of shocked to see that you felt that way. Yeah. I mean, one of the questions they asked you in it was like, what makes you proud to be like Latinx? And I was like, what is it to be Latinx? Right. You know? And so I think that's where it kind of like made me spiral Yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit was like identity is such a like, weird thing for me as we talked about before so i had to essentially like really think about what i 
who I am and what I am. and Yeah, it makes you get really, like, existential. Yeah, and then it's like, fuck the Spaniards, but also, like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I didn't know what to make for the art. It, it just made me really, I was like, I'm not really deserving of this. All the, the other people in this campaign, like, they're, like, real artists because they, like, you know, they draw and they paint and then... Yeah. I definitely see your collage work as, you know, like just as valid as illustrating or anything like that. So, but I understand yeah. maybe like, you know, that self-criticism. Mm-hmm. And I think it's maybe ironic that it makes you question yourself because when they ask, you know, when campaigns, like I assume when like campaigns like that ask those questions, they just want like a short and cute answer. You know, like they just yeah. want like, because I'm proud of like being latino you know like they just want something cute to put on like the hero image yeah it's like ironic that you're like oh no when i'm like but probably the person who wrote that question was just like tell me something you know yeah i feel yeah and then during the shoot we had to do like an interview where they like recorded our voices so they they could dictate what we said or whatever (laughs) and they asked me that question again and i was like like, this is too much it's like, I don't know if you want to go down this rabbit hole. Right. It's not necessarily campaign yeah. friendly to be like. Yeah. And then the, the girl was like, oh, uh, yeah, um, this is like the question that everybody's been having the hard like, time answering. It's really deep to be yeah. like, what makes you proud to be Latinx? Yeah. That's deep. That's so deep. Yeah. And then I ended up crying and then she ended up crying and it was like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Even if you didn't get to the answer of that question, at least, like, you worked through some sort of feelings. Yeah, I don't remember what I said, to be honest. I just kind of, like... I think it's on the website, what you said. I don't think they use, like, (laughs) what I said said, you know. I think they, like, sanitized it a lot. Well, it is what it is. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, I like the artwork that you made for that. Even if you felt like it came from a place of maybe chaos or confusion, I think it still turned out like a great project. Yeah, I mean, I kind of used it, like, I was talking to my mom about, like, mom, <laughs> you go to, with problems. Yeah, for sure. You know? She usually solves them or helps. And I was like, I have no idea what to do. And she's like, well, how about you make this, you know, how about you make a concha, you know, or something, you know, the stuff that, you know, everybody sees everywhere. And I'm like, no, I don't really, like, that's not my vibe. That's not really me. And she's like, well, what is you? Like, what is oh. you? What are, what, what are you into? What, like, what are you? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, I, I guess. And she's like, well, it seems like you're trying to, like, reclaim your, like, indigenous roots. So why don't you start there? And, like, by doing research. And then I started seeing, like, pottery. And I was like, well, I have flowers. You know, I could fill these, like, beautiful vases with flowers and so even though you weren't able to, like, when I asked you earlier about your indigenous roots, it wasn't like a clear-cut answer. You still, through this project, were able to kind of reconnect by researching a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like when I asked you before, it was like, I have no clue. And now I'm like, oh, th- but you do seem to have, like, some, some connection, even if it's not firsthand. Yeah. It's also, like, not as deep as I would like it to be, mm-hmm. but it's also, I mean, I'm not dead yet, so... It's hard, it, yeah. It's gonna keep going, you know. It's a constant Con- thing. Yeah. You're not just, like, day one gonna get to the bottom of it. 
Yeah, it's not like you open the door and it's full enlightenment. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people probably feel that way,、mm. either with their indigenous roots or just with their culture in general. I saw on your website that people can submit stories for you to make a tribute collage for. Yeah, can you tell me how how this project is going for you or how the selection? Well, I haven't gotten、is? any. <laughs> you haven't gotten any. No. Oh my gosh. Well, to be to be honest, I didn't know you were doing this. Until I like dug around through your website, so、yeah. well maybe if anyone's listening, they can go submit. Yeah. If you're still taking submissions. Yeah,、uh, I did that during you know the 2020 like uprisings,、mm-hmm. but I felt like it was like full blown chaos then. Yeah, everyone was like in emergency mode. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm still down to do that. I'm just trying to like get back on my feet. Definitely no. You should pri-、yeah. definitely prioritize that. What made you want to kind of start doing that? I don't know. I just felt like it was something I could offer to people. It's my way of、yeah. like giving back. That's awesome. I'm I'm hoping some people submit now. I think that it's like a very collaborative, but also like like a good way to pay homage to someone, pay tribute to someone in a collaborative way. It's like I don't want to say sweet, but it feels sweet. <laughs> I noticed that you are also part of the drag community in San Francisco. So can you tell Light, lightly? Lightly, can you tell us about your involvement? <laughs> Never done like drag to make money or to go out and perform, so that's why I said lightly. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's put that out there. I'm more of a observer, and now I help my friend Nikki with making her artwork for her show called Reparations. Happens every second Friday of the month at Oasis, which is a bar. In San Francisco,、um, and it's an all-black drag show. I'm so glad to hear that you are contributing your artwork. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like the least I could do. For sure, she's always been nothing but like sweet towards me, and it's like I'm just glad that she asked me to be a part of it. Yeah, well, I hope one day, you know, if、yeah. if you so desire to get more involved with drag, I hope we see it. We'll see. TBD, TBD. <laughs> How do you get in the zone to, or like in the mood to make your collages, or do you have any rituals around your creative process? I used to get really high、mm-hmm. before I started, and now I just kind of sit down and listen to music. Perfect. Do you just feel like you need to make a collage, or do you have like, oh, this week I have to make these? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, do you just kind of go with the flow when a collage kind of calls you? Yeah, I go with the flow. Usually, when I'll have you know my ear to the ground to see like what's going on、mm-hmm. politically and to see what's happening around the world. But like, I don't really have an agenda for what I'm putting out, except for when I do like projects like my Pride series. Then I'll like try to like sit down and like plan、mm-hmm. what I'm gonna be doing. Something a little bit more like long term, a cohesive set. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. I saw you did an MLK collage this past January, where you animated it slightly to kind of it almost looked like the plants and flowers were blooming around him.、Mm-hmm. Would you consider animating more collages in the future? Oh yeah, definitely. Is that something you're exploring? Was that like a one-off, or did you do more of the? I didn't see more. I was like, he started. It's basically、stuff. like a one-off because in high school I actually learned how to animate,、mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I could do animation with、uh, my collages. And it's very stop motion animation, but it is what it is. You know? I think it looks, it feels like really natural to the collage.、Mm-hmm. Actually, have like a, a collab that's coming out soon. Yeah, and they had me animate all the collages. Oh, that's awesome! I'm excited so, to so see that. It's eleven of them. Whoa!、Um, I'm excited. That's、yeah. cool. I feel like、um, when I saw that, I was really like, 
I felt like it brought it to life a little bit more and I was mm. it kind of left me wanting more. Yeah, the only thing is that it kind of takes a minute to like animate. It does. Um It's that high budget. Like, <laughs> it is. It is high budget. Yeah. Uh but it's like one of my goals for like life is to make a whole movie. <laughs> which is kind of kind of like insane now. It's that ambitious. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. But it's like not really a movie but like a art film. Mm. Um still working out like the details or whatever. Uh, I just started, like, producing music recently, so I'm, like, thinking maybe I'll just, like, do everything. But then I also, like, was talking to my friend Kaina about it, and she's kind of, like, into writing music with me for it. So we'll see, like, what comes of that specifically, but I want to do, like, a completely, like, stop-motion animation film. Music. About, yeah, about, you know, something uh, that's in my head that I don't want to really talk about. Just Perfect. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. I feel like yeah. uh, seeing how it all ties together will be really cool and seeing it kind of blossom yeah. more. You know. Well, like my, my ultimate goal would to be just like having Latinx artists like make like one song for like the thing and then just like animating on top of mm-hmm. it. Like Fantasia? Yes. Yeah. Very that, but like not that. Right. You know, <laughs> in execution, not in content. In in like in in concept, not in like yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. I am gonna be waiting for that for sure. So this is like a dream project for you, but what would be a dream commission for you? Um, I know you just talked about one that just came that you just mentioned is dropping soon, but is there mm-hmm. anything else that would be like kind of the next frontier for you? I want to do somebody's like whole album rollout. Music is something that's like really influential with me. It, you know, I listen to it while I'm making the art and it's something that has like very, I don't know how to quite explain this. It's like, I listen too deeply to lyrics. I listen too deeply to, to the noises used and it's very moving to me. And so I want to be a part of like a project like that. I have like a set of like dream artists, you know, that I would like do that for. But I'm also like kind of picky when it comes to like doing that for for artists. I'm like, if you're not good enough, I'm sorry. Like standards are high. Yeah, we gotta be making fucking you know fucking art, high art here. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm not interested. I saw you shared like your playlist that you were listening to, so I thought that was you know I can see that it's an important part of your process. Yeah, I used to do like a monthly playlist. Mm I just got a little overwhelmed. <laughs> when you say that you've been overwhelmed, do you mean you're overwhelmed with social media or are you saying you're overwhelmed like just in general with life and, you know, personal? In general with life, okay. I feel like everything is always going wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it is what it is. But at the same time, I'm just like, well, you know, Taking it is what it stride. is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, you kind of just learn to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. But like... I feel like time just, like, moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. So, like, doing a monthly thing like that is just, like, very hard because... Yeah, know. by the time you do it, you owe another one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you also, like, you want it to have, like, good intention. You want it specifically with, like, the playlist I was making. I wanted it to flow very nicely. Mm. I wanted it to, like, give you a feeling or, like... Yeah, that curation usually... sounds like it would take a lot of energy yeah. to make, like... I would also give like specific instructions like, <laughs> all right, listen, start this like playlist off like when you start your like bubble bath or whatever. Oh, the fuck, I love it. You know, I or hope like when you start your walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one day they will. I, I don't think I'm going to do monthly cause, just because like, goddamn. Yeah, that's too much. But even like yeah. a quarterly, yeah. biannual playlist. Yeah. I'm learning slowly how to be more proactive. Mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of these past five, six years, I've been in like a very deep depression and I'm just like slowly coming out of it. I'm sorry to hear that. That's tough. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> so, it's still you tough. Know? Even if you like, yeah. even if it is what it is, it's still hard. It is hard. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not realizing that you're really depressed Definitely. <laughs> and still trying to do like hella shit. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You're like, everything's fine. Keep it. Everything's going. Yeah, everything's keep, going. Keep pumping it out. And then keep moving. You're going to be great. And then, you know, it all comes. It all catches up it, eventually. Yeah. Water overflows and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Are you finding a better balance now? I felt like I was. Mm. <laughs> And then I got sick. Right. Well, I think that, you know, you'll make a full recovery yeah. and hopefully get back on the train. Whatever that is for you. I am just so angry that I'm sick. I feel I'm you. That's so frustrating. Mad. That's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Because were, you, like, I don't even... were you, like, prior to getting COVID, were you sick at all, like, past couple, I don't know, since 2020, I guess? Nothing other than just, like, allergies, you right. know? And I was also being, like, a good little baby yeah. and staying home. And, you know, luckily I don't work like a front-facing job anymore so i wasn't being exposed to it and i think i just got it like going to get groceries or some shit that's frustrating yeah it's bound to happen to like it is bound to happen happen, so like don't what i'm trying to say is like don't beat yourself up for getting it but it's still so frustrating to like feel sick yeah i'm just happy that i'm vaccinated that's right that's like psa that's my my number one because like this shit was awful 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 like dealing with it it's already been like and this was vaccinated right it's been like five days right something like that yeah this shit would have taken me out if i wasn't vaccinated i'm pretty sure yeah wow i'm glad you were vaccinated and i can't thank you enough for doing this interview despite feeling a little (laughs) under the weather or lingering (laughs) covid symptoms i have to say yeah thank you no problem i'm feeling myself a little fevery i feel giggly i'm feeling good (laughs) how can everyone support you in this like capitalist society that we live in how can people support you i mean you could follow and like share my my art that's like that's free Mm -hmm. (laughs) at broobs on instagram and then if you if you want to give me money and support me that way i have a patreon uh, patreon.com forward slash broobs i have some art for sale um, I do very limited prints just because it's kind of hard to send prints out. And then I am also starting a podcast with my friend Pina called Chismeando, and that is coming out somewhat soon. Awesome. I'll definitely be staying yeah. tuned for that. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. So if you liked today's episode, be sure to tune back in in two weeks for the next episode, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for supporting the show. See you next time.